Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome, everyone. You're tuned in to Calvary Live, 303-690-3000. You just heard that number where you can call in. That is the call-in number and be a part of the show. We will have a conversation as you ask your questions and give your prayer requests. And that's what Calvary Live is all about. We're here to encourage you to go to the Word of God together to answer your questions, to pray with you, to just be a blessing and a benefit to you on this day. It is Monday, the 7th of February, and those of you listening on Grace FM along the Front Range in Colorado, Pueblo West and Fountain in Colorado Springs, 101.7, and then the powerful station and and signal up north, 89.7 from Castle Rock, Parker, up through the metro area, Denver and Boulder and Longmont and Fort Collins, Greeley, up in the southern Wyoming. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so good for you to uh, be here uh, with us and joining with us. And so love for you to be able to uh, give me a call. Give me a call. I hope your afternoon's going well. What a beautiful day it is, isn't it? A lot different than last week. We had all that snow along the front range. And uh, we needed it. It's a blessing. But now we got sunshine and in the 40s and uh, it's a beautiful February day. We want to also welcome all of you who are tuned in live to Radio by Grace all around the country. Uh, you two are listening live on this Monday evening, wherever you're at, whether uh, it is Central Time or Eastern Standard Time. Welcome. Uh, some even in the uh, Pacific Time, an hour behind us. Uh, give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Love for you to call in and ask your questions and your prayer requests. And we only got an hour together. So as soon as the phones start to ring and and um, we have all open lines right now, love to be able to talk to you and just talk about Jesus. Uh, we need that so badly. We need that so much. It's important for us to do that. And so I'd love for you to call. There is another way for you to be able to uh, be a part of the show or ask a question and a prayer request. as a dedicated text line, 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. Hey, I want to remind you that that is a text line, texting only, and a 24-7 prayer line that you can text in a prayer request anytime. And there will be the prayer team uh, at Calvary Church and Reward that will be praying for you and ministering to you through the ministry of prayer. And I just think that's a wonderful resource for you, 720-336-0897. I want to welcome also very quickly those of you who are listening online. I saw that we got people online listening from all over the country, even in Haiti. We welcome you to Calvary Live and anywhere in the United States Give me a call at 303-690-3000. By the way, my name is Jeff Figs. I host on Mondays. I'm from Calvary Chapel, Greeley. I pastored a church here um, for 26 years. 
and what a privilege it is to be up here in beautiful Colorado along the Front Range and a privilege to minister here in this community of Greeley. Just love it. Been so blessed and very thankful to the Lord. So um, glad to be with you once again on Calvary Live as well. We do have an open line as the phones are starting to ring. Let's go ahead. Let's go to the phone lines and let's go to Philip in uh, Amarillo, Texas. Philip. Yes, good afternoon. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for calling. You're on the program. Yes, I was curious. Um, from what I understand from some teaching, that the earth has been biblically created like six to 8,000 years ago. But when they go yes. to carbon dating, they're saying like you know, 20 million, yeah. 30 million years. And I was just wondering, is there an explanation for that? Is there carbon dating science? Yeah, there's some question. Yeah, there's some question on carbon dating. I'm going to give you a resource and you can read on it that's going to be able to explain it a whole lot better um, than I can explain it. And that's Answers in Genesis. I don't know if you've heard of that ministry. They have the Creation Museum uh, in uh, Kentucky, I believe. Uh, They have the Noah's Ark. And Dr. Ken Ham, who's a wonderful author, he speaks all over the world. And scientists that are there, creation scientists, on their website, Answers in Genesis, they are able to, you know, all those um, subjects they they write on, um, and they will give you a thorough explanation on that. But, you you know, evolutionists, they need a long period of time, so they'll come along and say that the universe is, you know, so many billions of years old, the world is billions of years old, and, um, and then we, as we come along, um, we say that, um, you know, as we look at the genealogy from Genesis to today, the earth is six, 7,000 years. But here's the thing to remember, Philip, that, um, and they'll probably mention this in the articles, but you remember when Adam was created, right? In the beginning? Yes. Well, was he a one day old baby? He was, no. he was an adult. He was an adult. So age was a factor in that. If you would have looked at Adam, you would have said he's an adult, 20, 30. I don't know. They lived to be over, you know, six, seven, eight hundred years old during that time because the atmosphere of the earth was a lot different. There was a firmament, and it was after the flood that the age of man began to decrease. But, you know, Adam was he had age. And I believe that as the earth was created, there was age that was there. I believe in the six days of creation that God, you know, created everything in six days, literal days. The Bible is very clear. But if you go to the carbon dating, which you are asking about, answers in Genesis, and I think that you can go to a search and you can find some good resources there and some good scientists that will explain those things to you. And also, you know, part of the 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 age that they have the you know, principle uniformity, that is, for example, they'll measure from the top of the, um, you know, Grand Canyon to the bottom. And as they, you know, every 10 years, every 50 years, they'll measure again. And, and if it gets deeper, it's the, rough, the river, the Colorado River is cutting into the canyon. Then they come up with the formula that, you know, it's taken millions of years to cut into the to the ground, into the canyon, and that's what they use. But the Bible comes along and says 
that there was a radical um, a, a, a whole you know event that the whole world where the flood came and that there was something catastrophic that happened and something very quickly that happened. And so that's what you're going to be reading. And as you read it, to me, because I went to CSU, I, I graduated in a science major at Colorado State University years ago, and there was a lot of evolution, carbon day, dating, all those things that we were learning. And I remember thinking, I was a young man, I believed in God, but I didn't know really the gospel. I didn't really know the Bible. And I remember thinking that all of this happened by accident. It happened by evolution through processes. It didn't make sense to me. And I think Romans chapter 1 really came to um, to be real to me, that nature around us and the creation around us testifies that there's a creator. So it led me to begin to investigate, you know, is the Bible true? Is the creation story true? And I think, personally, it takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does in a creator who created this world and the universe, the solar system. There's design. There's design here, and it just didn't happen by chance. So all those articles are there in Answers in Genesis. I'm very thankful for creation scientists. Um, it, It doesn't mean that we as Christians have to assassinate our brains and accept evolution Evolution is a theory, and um, it, it, to me, it was like saying that a 747 goes through a junkyard, and then it created a 47, you know, 747 airplane. It just, it just doesn't happen. So anyway, um, I, I believe that um, as you look at it, you can look at the subject of radiometric dating, carbon dating, all those things, and I think you're going to really enjoy those articles. Oh, well, thank you very much. I've just wondered that for a long time uh, because I don't believe in evolution, obviously, but uh, I'm just curious about that. Yeah, and you know what, Philip? You bring up a very very good—yeah, you bet. Philip, just real quick, you bring up something that, you know, a lot of listeners, you know, are wondering about. And I think that it's important for us to say it's okay for those who are perhaps searching to ask those questions because we do have answers for them. And very good answers. And so I appreciate you asking that. And I think that uh, we can, you know, tell them that, you know, there is answers that in the Bible is true. And there's good science that will back up the creation story. So appreciate it, Philip. Thanks for listening. Thank you. You bet. All right. 303-690-3000 calling number. Listen, there's a creator. And he created this, this, the heavens and the earth. In the world that we know, and he created it in six days, and you are the crowning jewel of his creation. And he created you, and he loves you, and he has a plan for you. And I'm, you know, just to think that the creator who created everything, that he created me and knew all about me before the world was ever made, that just touches my heart, and I hope it touches your heart as well. We got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000, the call-in number, the text line, 720-336-0897. Again, Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this beautiful day, at least here in Colorado. So glad that you are with us. And I also want to welcome you who are listening on Hope FM and Truth FM. I didn't give a shout-out to you that you are week-delayed, but so many of you call from uh, those who are listening on those stations 
and uh, so grateful that you've been a part of Calvary Live. So give us a call. You get to have the conversation with us, and then you get to listen to it a week later, a week delayed. So let's go to Carlos in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hi, Carlos. Hey, Pastor Jeff. How you doing? I'm good. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's good uh, It's good to, to be on the program, and thank you so much for all you do. Well, you're welcome. So I'm listening on Radio by Grace. Um, it's a good station. I really like it. Um, the reason that I'm calling is um, I heard on a sermon the other day on radio on the radio um, about love. Um, they talked about how uh, basically we'll be recognized as God's children by the way we love because God is love. And then um, Jesus also said, I don't know where, where in the scripture it says all that, but I know that in the scripture it also says that Jesus said that, um, you know, you will be recognized as his disciples because we love one another. Right. But he also said that, um, you know, what good is loving people who love you because even unbelievers do that? So can mm-hmm. unbelievers love? Like the way, like, I don't know, like what I mean is like, yeah. um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And you're asking a good question because that comes up. It, you know, we speak about love. Of course, the culture comes along, the world comes along and defines love by, you know, I love my wife. And then we also use that word, I love Big Macs, you know, uh, both are true in my life at least, but it's not the same. It's not the same. I love my wife you know, is not the same as I love Big Macs. So in the Greek language, um, as Jesus is speaking, and as we read the New Testament, there's actually four different words for love that are there. There is the phileo love. Um, You probably recognize that word, phileo, uh, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. That speaks of brotherly love, having, you know, uh, affection, um, and and love for a brother, for a sister, for a husband, for a wife. There is um, a, a word for love um, that is erotic, you know, erotic love. Um, there is love that speaks of love for, you know, there's just four different words that have different meanings. But God's love is a different word. It's agape. It's agape love. And that's something that only the Christian can experience. Uh, a non-Christian cannot experience agape love. Agape love comes from the Lord. You see agape love, I think the best uh, expression and description is agape love is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and that is something that the Christian has as we have God's love, which is agape love. It's a love that, that gives for the sake of giving, and it is something that God grows us in. So only the Christian can have God's love, agape love, but a non-Christian can have phileo love, can have erotic love, can have a love for you know other things, those other words that are described in the New Testament. Now, Jesus said that they will know that you're my disciples for your love for one another. That's what he told his disciples there at the end of um, the... Uh, you know, at the end, towards the end of the Upper Room Discourse that you read about in John's Gospel. And as you read that, you see that um, Jesus is telling them, people are going to know you're my disciples because you're showing godly love to them, loving for the sake of, of giving, not receiving, you know, expecting something back. 
It is something that even Jesus, as he said in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, you're to love your enemies. And I'll be honest with you, um, God is still working in me on that. And so there's that God's love that only he can do supernaturally, a work of the Spirit. And then people will see that love as we are to love others, we're to speak the truth in love, and as we give those acts of love to others, because love is a choice, and it's a work of God that is the agape love in our lives. So that's what that's what he means. And then John, in his epistle at the end of his life, in First John, he also expresses that we're to love our brother. We're not to hate our brother, but to love our brother. So you have agape love, you have um, storge, you have phileo, you have eros. Those are the four Greek words for love. Yeah, actually, um, uh, I think, uh, I don't remember exactly where it is in the word. Um, hold on, you mentioned something just now. Um, crap, I forgot. <laughs> That's kind of like me, you know, a thought will just leave me. So, um, but yeah, and you know, that's the thing. And here's the thing you bring up, uh, uh, Carlos, just an important reminder for all of us that the world needs to see God's love. And the way that we can point to God's love, of course, is pointing them to the cross that we are able to love because he first loved us. And as Romans chapter five says that, that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. He proved his love for us. The ultimate act of love is Jesus going to the cross for us, and that's why he went. And maybe perhaps you've heard the saying that it wasn't the nails that held Jesus up on that cross. It was his love for us. And we just finished the Gospel of Matthew here at Calvary Chapel Greeley on Sunday, and we just went through the crucifixion and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it just amazes me that that God, who who set his love on us before the foundation of the world, sent his son because of his love for us to go to the cross and die for us. So that's agape love. And he wants to put that love into us. So in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul comes along. He says, I show you a more excellent way. He says that you can speak with uh, tongues of men and angels, but if you have not love, you're just a sounding brass. And he goes on to say you can have all prophecy, understand all mysteries, all knowledge, and have all faith um, that you can tell mountains to be gone. But if you have not love, you, you have nothing. That's what he says. And love is the distinguishing mark of a Christian. It's not, sometimes people will say, they'll come in, and they'll say, Pastor Jeff, are you a spirit-filled church? And, and I say, what do you mean by that? And they'll say, you know, do you guys all speak in tongues and all of this? Listen, the characteristic of a Christian, of a spirit-filled Christian, is one who's expressing and who is displaying God's love, God's love that is in us. And I think that's important for us. That's the more excellent way. And Paul writes that in 1 Corinthians 13, right when he's talking about the spiritual gifts. So good question, Carlos. Yeah, I think I read this in the Word, but... Um, it talks about how um, um, there's no greater love than to lay down your life for one's, for your brother yeah. or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it says, but I think that's... Yeah, yeah. and Jesus is talking about that, you know, as he's talking to his disciples. And no greater love than this than a man lay down his life for another. And um, And Jesus was never taught anything without practicing it. 
and he down laid down his life for us and um you know and that's what i want to remind people that you know maybe we're not going to be called to be martyred for somebody but will we lay down our life and will we witness to others will we pray for others will we give to others will we lay down our lives and will we be one that we care about others and serve others I think we've lived in a day and age, Carlos, particularly in the last couple of years where I've seen a lot of Christians that are angry and and they might think, you know, hey, I got reason to be angry. I get it. I understand. There's a lot going on that concerns us and upsets us. But the distinguishing mark of a Christian is to continue to love and to love others. And I pray that we would remember that that God loves us, and now we can love others because we have the love of Christ in us to serve others, and they keep an eternal perspective on things. Die for Christ is, is, is something that some of us will experience, but to live for Christ is something we should all do. Yeah, live for Christ is something we should all do, and he desires. We're here for such a time as this. <clears throat> and the world, <clears throat> you know, here's the thing. The world just pollutes that word love. And the world is looking for what truly is love. The world is looking for light. They just don't know where to find it. And we know where to find it. And we know who it comes from. And that is Jesus Christ. Thanks, Carlos. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Pastor Jeff. Thank you. God bless you. And thank you for all you do again. You bet. Absolutely. Love hearing from you guys from Radio by Grace that you've joined us and so many from Florida and in in different parts of the country. Keep those calls coming. Love to talk with you. Um, I believe that we have uh, one open line. When somebody hangs up, you know that there's an open line, so grab it. But let's continue with the phone lines. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Rob. Rob? Rob, are you there? Okay, he's gone. Rob, um, let me look, and I think he... Um, he just needs prayer, and let's pray for him. He couldn't hold. Um, and Rob, if you're listening, and um, I, I don't know if you are because you're calling from Pennsylvania from Hope FM, it's a week delayed, but I do want to say this, that no one is beyond forgiveness. And if you're struggling with uh, sin and carnality, um, addictions, any of those things, we want to pray for you. And turn to the Lord. He can free you from it and and to submit to him and call on him. So, Father, I pray for Rob who called, who couldn't hang on, but he feels like that he's sinned away the day of grace. And you do call us to repent, and I pray that he would. But, Lord, he's struggling, and, and the flesh is, seems like it can just captivate us and hold us in bondage, and that's what sin does. I pray you would free him. I pray that you would help him to look to you to do away with the drinking, the any kind of immorality, and he would know that there is forgiveness, but, Lord, you're calling him to a life that of holiness and righteousness that only you can give. He can't do it in his own flesh. He can't do it in his own energy. But, Lord, that you would just help him, that there would be a commitment to you, a turning to you, a calling to you, Lord, I just, we don't know all the details on Rob, but I just pray that you would help him. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. So, hey, remember this. 
that the flesh can be strong and the temptations are there. One of the things that we're going to do is we're going to study the book of Daniel starting this Sunday. So I want to invite you that even if you're not here in the Greeley area, we'd love for you to join us. It's going to be an incredible study. And what makes Daniel, which is called the most interesting book in the whole Bible, so powerful and impactful is that the first six chapters deals with the person of Daniel. And then the next seven or six chapters, chapters seven through 12, deals with the prophecies of Daniel, some of the most amazing prophecies that we have in the Bible. But Daniel was one that was taken captive to Babylon when he was 14, 16 years old. He would be taken away from his family, taken away from his parents, taken away from his siblings, taken to Babylon to work for the most powerful man on the face of the earth that was a hothead. He is there. He's made a eunuch not to have any children, not to be ever married, never to have an inheritance. Inheritance was everything. And yet he was one that is, he was being trained in the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. We know that Daniel was one that said, listen, as they offered him all the king's meat and wine, he said he purposed in his heart not to defile himself. And the one thing that the Lord wants from us is our hearts for you to give him your heart and say, Lord, I want to live for you. And the Lord will honor that and to turn to him and submit to him and to get rid of those things that cause temptation in our lives. Daniel said, listen, I'm not going to eat of that meat that is offered to idols. I'm not going to drink of the wine. I don't want to defile myself. And it says at the end of chapter one, he continued to the first year of the rise. He would continue until the 70 years of captivity were over into the Medo-Persian Empire. And he was able to continue because you see in chapter one, as a young man, he purposed in his heart and listen, I don't need to tell you that Babylon is coming after our young people. He's coming after us, even as Christians. And he wants to tempt us, the enemy, who is the God little G of this world. And we need to look to him. And we need to always um, be uh, one that is dependent upon him. And I pray that we would purpose in our hearts that we will not defile ourselves and keep close to the Lord. And um, But it can be a struggle um, with the flesh. Uh, so just an encouragement to you. And I hope that that speaks to somebody that perhaps is listening. Hey, we're getting ready to go to break, and and um, we got a couple of lines that are open. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, so grab one of those open lines. We're going to go to the lines right after the break. I want to make sure that we have time as, as Jerry's holding. Jerry, please, if you'll just hold, and we'll grab you after the, line, uh, after the break. It's the only break of the show, and we'll be right back. The text line is 720-336-0897. But again, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, that study in Daniel, we've had a lot of interest in it. And those of you who may be listening, you can also listen online, uh, live stream at Calvary Chapel Greeley. Greeley is G-R-E-E-L-E-Y dot org, O-R-G, CalvaryChapelGreeley.org. Live stream it. It's 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock is our service times here. We live stream the 9, 30 and the 11 o'clock service. 
and uh, and also Facebook Live, Calvary Chapel Greeley. So just want to pass that information on to you. And give me a call. Let's talk about the Lord. I uh, want to pray for you. Uh, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. And love to pray with you. And we're going to go to Jerry after the break. And uh, it's got a couple open lines after that. So love for you to be able to to grab one of those uh, lines. And let's talk about the things of the Lord. Let's go to the Word of the Lord. Uh, let's Uh, Go to the throne of grace in time of need. Let's do that together. So you hear the music. That means the break is coming up. And I'll be with you on the other side of the break. And Jerry will get to you uh, as soon as the break is over. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado on this beautiful day. We find ourselves in February. One of the things I've noticed is that the days are getting longer, and uh, I'm just... Uh, thankful for that, and I bet you are as well. But uh, we got an open line, so 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, and you also heard that you can text in a question or a prayer request as well on the text line 720-336-0897. So we invite you to text in a question or a prayer request, and that is a, a 24 hour a day, seven days a week prayer line for you to text in prayer requests. And the team at Calvary Church in Aurora will be praying for you. Jerry has been waiting. Jerry, Jerry from Fort Collins. Jerry? Yes, hello. You're you're on the program. Thanks for waiting. Oh, oh, thank you. Yeah, go ahead. I I, I would like to make a prayer request for my uh, my young daughter. uh, And uh, she has... She has three children, and, and she's going through problems with her marriage. And uh, I just wanted uh, some prayers uh, to let her know how much that she's loved by God. And and um, he will get her through these uh, tough times that she's going through. And that mm-hmm. really uh, bothers me to know that she's going through these problems. But I just want to uh, let her let her know how much she's loved by God, and, and he wants her to be happy and and to uh, put her trust in him. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I'm a father of four adult children, and we we never stop loving our kids, do we? And we hurt for them as they go through problems and difficulties. And I'm glad you called, Jerry, and we're going to pray for your daughter. We're going to pray for her marriage and uh, for her family. As Father, I, I, I pray for Jerry's daughter that's going through marriage problems and the challenges and the difficulties as um, they have three kids. And I just pray that you would intervene. Uh, I pray that you would bring healing and restoration, that they would come together, her and her husband, and they would work on the things that they need to. And to know that, Lord, you are the one that ordained marriage. You're the one that sustains marriage. And 
You're the one that can bring the forgiveness and healing that they need, that they would turn to you and they would um, have a desire for you to bless their marriage, to, to, to bring them to the point of, Lord, where you want them, to, submitting to you and to, to love each other in the way that you prescribe for them, in the way that you desire to work in them. And, Lord, I just pray for Jerry. And, and I pray as I hear the heart of a father who's hurting for his daughter, who wants his daughter to desperately know that God is faithful and that God's promises are true and wants to work in her life. And, Lord, give him the words to speak into the life of his daughter, to his grandkids, and, Lord, his, his son-in-law. And, Lord, I just pray that you give him wisdom. And, Lord, we I lift this family up to you. I just pray that you would work and show yourself strong and bring everything that they need. Um, and, Lord, just work in a way where, um, that you are bringing them together in you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. And I thank you very much. You bet, Jerry. I'll be praying. All right. Thank you. You bet. Absolutely. 303-690-3000. It's call-in number to text line 720-336-0897. I think that a lot of you that are listening, that, you know, your heart breaks for your kids as they get older and and um, when we do. And we have a father that it, it really reminds us how our father in heaven, his heart breaks as well, and, and to remember that, and we can go to him. And, you know, it says in Isaiah that, you know, he's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, speaking of the Messiah, but the Lord grieves with us, and the Lord desires to work, and, and we can call out to him when our heart is overwhelmed, as David would write in Psalm 61, and to know that he desires to work. So don't give up. Keep praying. Keep praying for your kids. Keep praying for your grandkids, and keep lifting them up to the Lord. And call in if you need prayer. We'll certainly be praying for you. Let's go to Joseph in Wheat Ridge. Joseph? Uh, Hi, Joseph. Hello, Pastor Dave. It's good to hear your voice. You too. How are you? Thanks for calling. No, well, first off, I want to say congratulations on becoming a grandfather. <laughs> yeah. Next month is when my first grandchild is due. I'm so excited. I can't wait to spoil her. <laughs> it's going to be a blessing for you and the family. Well, so my, yeah. my question is, so, you know, I was reading this recently, um, you know, when uh, the disciples asked Christ to teach them how to pray. But Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says something in effect, um, you know, um, John the Baptist taught his disciples. How did John the Baptist teach his disciples how to pray? Yeah, that's a good question. And in Luke chapter 11, it, it is interesting to me, a couple just um, thoughts as, as we find ourselves in Luke chapter 11, you're asking about it. But I find it fascinating. I find it a blessing that the disciples come and ask Jesus, teach us to pray. They didn't come and ask him, teach us to work miracles. They didn't come and ask him, you know, teach us to preach a powerful sermon. But they asked him, teach us to pray. And I believe that that really... Uh, was a blessing to the Lord because we see the example of Jesus that was praying to his Father all the time. But as he was praying, Jesus was actually praying in a certain place when one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And, and so how did John teach his disciples? Apparently, John had taught his disciples something of how to pray, and the disciples here, and remember, 
that it was a couple of the disciples of Jesus that were disciples of John um, before they came and followed Jesus. So John was one that he taught those disciples that were following him. Eventually, that in John chapter 3, we see that the the disciples of John began to leave, and they were following Jesus. And remember, they were concerned about it. And John said, that's the way it's supposed to happen. I'm just the, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. I am in to proclaim the bridegroom. I'm the friend of the bridegroom. I've done my job. My joy is fulfilled. He is the one that said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and I must decrease, he must increase. But John, in his ministry, when when he had his disciples, apparently taught them something of prayer. And I would imagine that it would be pretty much in line to what Jesus taught his disciples, except Jesus, he starts out his prayer by saying, Our Father. Jesus is the one that came along and said that my father, my father, that's what made the religious leaders just ticked off and upset because they reverenced the name of God so much that they wouldn't even pronounce the name of the Lord. Um, But here comes Jesus saying, my father, speaking of relationship. And then when they come along and say, teach us to pray, that they uh, were told that you pray, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We we are to reverence his name, hallow his name, but there's relationship that is there. And I think that's the difference that Jesus taught them, that our Father to come. And, of course, the New Testament comes along and says in Galatians and also in uh, Romans chapter 8 that you and I, we have the spirit of adoption, right? That we can call out Abba, Father, Papa is literally what it means. And so Jesus begins to teach us about relationship with the Father that, of course, comes through him. And I think that would be the difference. Well, do you think uh, John the Baptist's prayer would be more of an, of an existing Jewish prayer now? I don't know. That's a good question. And and I can't—I um, don't recall, recall any of John's prayers in the New Testament, in the Gospels. So um, he taught him something of prayer, but we don't know exactly what it was. Okay. Good question. Yeah. Thank you. Have a Good op- yeah, you bet. Good observation. Good observation that you made there. And, um, you know, just uh, good, you know, good thoughts. And John was an incredible man, so much so that Jesus said that no greater a man was born among women up to that point. And what made John so, you know, unique and um, those words of, of Jesus saying that he's the greatest born among women, that's the other thing uh, as, you know, Joseph, I know you're going offline here, but I, I think about John the Baptist. What made him great? He didn't work miracles, um, but he was one that he spoke of Jesus. And Jesus go on to say, and greater is he, you know, can be who is the least of these. And we can be great, too, as we speak of Jesus as well. So there's so many lessons that we learn from John the Baptist. So good observation. Hey, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. So we know that um, there is a couple open lines, I think. So uh, one open line. Let's go to, I need to find where I'm at. So let's go to Kevin. 
Kevin in Aurora. Hey, yes, Kevin. Uh, I'm Kevin. You're on Kevin. Um, I'm asking for prayer. Um, I got myself into some legal problems, and um, my life is just a shambles right now, and I'm looking for work, and I just want to get my life on track and serve the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. So, Father, I pray for Kevin as he um, is dealing with some legal issues, and Lord, you know what they are, and I just pray that you would guide, that you would just work it out, and his desire is to get a job, to be able to serve you, to be able to walk with you, and and Lord, I just pray that you would just make that provision for him. So all the legal issues, Lord, that you would just work it out, and Lord, that he would trust in you, he would look to you in every way, and Lord, I just pray that you help him get the job that he needs and to be able to move forward in you. So I, I know that this weighs heavy on him, but may he trust in you and also rest that you are working. So I just lift Kevin up to you um, to work in every way and all these things um, that are heavy on his heart. And uh, Lord, that he would be able to just uh, move forward in serving you and knowing you more in Jesus name. Amen. Be praying, Kevin. You bet. Absolutely. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. I believe we got two open lines, 720-336-0897, the text line. Let's go to, um, to is it Lay in Eaton? Lee. It's Lee? Yeah. How are you? <laughs> um, well, I'm finally getting better, but I've been um, suffering from COVID. However, it's given me a wonderful chance to listen mm-hmm. to Grace FM. And Good. I have really come to appreciate this hour that yeah. you guys have questions and answers. So just yeah. just want you and, to know that, but I do have a yeah. question. <laughs> you know, Lee, we've been praying for you, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I I have you in my prayer journal. So yes. we've been we've been praying for you. So do you have a question? Yeah, we're yes. going to keep praying, okay? Yes, and thank you so much because um, I'm feeling better. I really am um, feeling much better than I have. It's been three weeks that this has been going on, but um, Mm. I'm feeling much better, and I appreciate all the prayers, and I know how powerful prayer is, and I believe so much in the power of prayer. Well, that's good news. So, And today you got a question. It has to do with speaking in tongues, I guess. I don't really understand that. Where does it come from? And do the people that speak in tongues, do they understand it? Do they need an interpreter? Can you kind of give me a short rundown of what tongues are all about? Yeah, yeah. and I think that if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, that's going to help you understand it's a gift, it's a spiritual gift. We know that tongues, Paul writes about, for he who speaks in a tongue in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Um, And he goes on to say that he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So when you see the example of tongues spoken in the New Testament, for example, on the day of Pentecost, remember that uh, as they heard the disciples, as the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in tongues, that the people that were there at the Feast of Pentecost, they were there from different parts of the world, they could hear 
the disciples speaking in languages that were from their hometown. Those disciples spoke Hebrew. They didn't speak those other languages. So that was a mystery to them. They they, they said, what's going on here? So they were speaking actual languages that are listed there in Acts chapter 2. Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that I speak with tongues of men and of angels. So speaking in a tongue, is it's unknown to the person that is speaking it. It may be a, a different language in somewhere else in the world. Um, it may be, you know, is it the tongues of angels? But it is a gift, and it is a gift to edify oneself. They, they call it a prayer language. They call it, um, you know, um, that to where the individual is edified. It's the only gift that edifies oneself, and that's the important thing. And he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, and it goes on to say that he who speaks in a tongue is speaking not to men but to God and is speaking the praises of God. So in the book of Acts in chapter 2, as they were speaking in tongues, they were speaking the praises of God. You see that in every example in the book of Acts. And then Paul comes along as he talks about the gifts of tongues in that gift um, with the other gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In chapter 14, he begins to speak about speaking in tongues in the corporate setting. And he says that if one speaks in a tongue, there needs to be an interpreter. And there's to be everything done decently and in order, that if it's done in the corporate setting, that it is to be uh, two uh, you know, or three, no more, each taking turns, and then there needs to be an interpretation of those tongues. If there's no interpretation, they are to keep quiet. So it's to be done. He doesn't prohibit tongues being spoken in a corporate meeting. But what he emphasizes as you read chapter 14 is prophecy, um, prophecy that can be understood. And prophecy, he goes on to say, speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. So prophecy is not just a predictive uh, aspect to it, you know, and that is prophecy, but also it is speaking the heart of God. It's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. What can happen in a um, you know in a corporate setting is sometimes where people get confused is everybody starts speaking in tongue in the corporate setting. When Paul sets guidelines there in First Corinthians chapter fourteen, and also sometimes the interpretation is that you know here's the interpretation of the tongues. Thus saith the Lord, you know my little children. Um, but Paul is very very clear. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but speaks to God. So it is speaking to God, the praises of God. And so you can do that study and get a clear understanding of tongues. There's also those who will come along and they'll teach that you're not filled with the Holy Spirit unless you speak in tongues. That's a false doctrine. Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, um, are all apostles, all prophets, all teachers, all working of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? He's, it's a rhetorical question. The answer is no. Um, and not everybody is given the gift of tongues. But as he talks about the gifts of the Spirit, um, that one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually 
as he wills. So God is the one, the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us those gifts. And not everybody has the gifts of tongues. And it doesn't mean they're not saved. It doesn't mean that they don't have the Holy Spirit, you know, that is in them and and not filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a gift to edify oneself. And it is not speaking to um, men, but to God, the praises of God. So that's what you'll begin to make notes of as you go through those chapters. Wonderful. So, but it comes from the Holy Spirit. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and, and it's I, not I, to men; it's to God. It's a prayer to God. Yeah, it's speaking edification. It's speaking praises to God, and you'll see those examples in the Book of Acts. Is speaking the praises of God, and that's in Acts chapter two um, that you'll see that they're wondering what's going on, and they're asking. And as you read that, it it uh, it tells the response of the the crowd is that we hear each one in our own language in which we were born, and and they go on to say that they're speaking the wonderful um, things of God, the the praises of God, and that's what we see there, and. So there's others that mock, but you'll begin to put it together, and it is the Holy Spirit that gives. The one thing that people have had a bad experience in is that they've gone to a service and they said, come on up, we're going to have you receive the gift of tongues, and then they try to force it. They say, just start you know, going blah, 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 you know, whatever it may be, and it just, listen, you can't force it. God gives you know, those gifts gifts, he gives them as he wills, according to his will, and he gives freely, and for those who ask, um, but he doesn't give it to everyone. Perfect. Thank you so much. That has, You've made perfect sense to me. Now I understand where it comes yeah. from, what it's about, and who it's to. Thank you so much. You bet. Keep listening and get better, okay? All right. Thank you. Have a good evening. Okay. God bless you. A little bit of time here. Let's go to Chris in Texas. Chris? How are you today? I'm good. You're on Calvary Live. I want to thank y'all for doing what y'all do. It, mm-hmm. it's helped me a lot. I, I'm a farmer. I listen all the time. Me and my good. wife have ran into a problem. It's kind of a legal matter due to one of her daughters. and it's It's coming against me. It's real hard on me. It's hard on her. Mm-hmm. And our hopes about God. Yeah. And I'm tired of watching it tear my wife apart. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sorry, Chris. And God knows, and, you know, it's difficult, and and we're going to pray for you right now. He knows what you're going through and the difficulty he has brought and how bad it's getting. And, Father, I just pray for Chris. He's just overwhelmed right now. And I, I know that he hurts. He hurts for his daughter. He hurts for his wife, his family, the situation that seems to be getting worse. And, Lord, I just pray that you would intervene. You know what's going on. And, Lord, I just pray that you would work in bringing all of them closer to you, working toward um, you bring humility, that they bring, um, Lord, just you know the situation, and there's nothing too difficult for you to work in. 
And so, Lord, I do pray that you would just minister that to him, to Chris, to his wife, to his daughter, uh, all these things that they're going through, that heartache, um, as he's working the land there in Texas. Um, it, it just uh, is so hard, and you know where he's at, and you know what he's going through. I just pray that you would bless him and work and protect and guide and and you know the situation. And I just pray for Chris and his family, his daughter, um, that you would intervene and show yourself strong on their behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, Chris, we'll be Thank praying, you okay? Much. You bet. Hang on to the Lord. Hang on to the Lord. Well, and can we add okay. a special prayer in all of our prayers for step-parents? got to yeah. be the hardest job in the world. Yeah, and Father, we do pray for step-parents that come in, and, and Lord, uh, it can be challenging and difficult, but they're still a parent. And I just pray that you would help all those who perhaps have stepchildren um, that um, it's difficult or the coming, the blending together of a family, that you would help them, that you would be with them, that you would guide them, and know that you desire to bring unity in those families and um, any kind of healing and love and a togetherness, and we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Thank Chris, you we'll be much. praying. You, you stay in touch with us, okay? I sure will. Okay. All right, we're getting towards the end of the show. Let's go to Dale in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Yes. Hi, Dale. Uh, good evening. How are you? Good evening. We got um, a few minutes left, yeah. so go ahead. Okay, I'll, make it, I'll try to uh, make this brief. Um, just uh, looking for some help with uh, passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 11, uh, yes. verses uh, 1 to 16, in reference to the, uh, uh, the hierarchy of uh, God to Christ, Christ to man, man to woman, and then the uh, admonition or the um, teaching uh, of the tradition of the uh, head covering um, that... Uh, has been uh, there's a lot of controversy on that in the last uh, few years. Uh, wondering where you guys stand with that uh, uh, doctrine, uh, an ordinance, and uh, is it necessary for a woman to wear a head covering uh, when she prays and prophesies? I don't believe it is because Paul, at the end of the chapter, he says, if anyone seems the, uh, um, to be contentious, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. The real issue is, is that was authority, was headship there. And the, the, the women who didn't have a head covering, it was kind of like, we don't want to be under authority. We don't want to be under headship. And because of this order of authority, it, you know, that's, that was the issue that they, uh, were dealing with the idea of a head covering was important in the Corinthian culture and in some ancient cultures and even in some today it may be that way to wear a head covering it was a public symbol of being under the authority and protection of another as we go through God's word there is headship there is authority there's authority in the home the man is the head of the home right when we have the church that the men are to be the elders, they are to be in the leadership. So there is the authority, all of us under the authority of the Lord, and we're to submit to him in the fear of God. So 
that's what it's speaking of. It's speaking in, in it's, you know, you have to kind of dissect the chapter a little bit. And we only got a couple minutes, you know, maybe another minute left on this. But it was dealing with headship. It was dealing with authority. They did not. It was a, a sign of rebellion, even to the point where Paul writes, remember, the angels are watching. And the, the angels, uh, I think, as you, you know, what did Paul mean by that? Perhaps the angels, they saw what happened when there was rebellion in heaven and Satan rebelled with the angels. So there is authority. There is headship, things to be done decently and in order, as he goes on to write. And they were ones that did not want to be under that submission and under that headship. And so he says at the end of the chapter, though, if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. I think it's the custom of head coverings. There are those who have the conviction, they read it, and they say, I need to have a head covering. Um, but, you know, we have no such conviction. I don't. Um, you know, my wife or, or the women of our church don't wear head coverings. But there is the, you know, um, the role of men and women that are clear in the family and in the church that are given to us. And, of course, we need to always remember that the role of a pastor, the role of a husband is to serve is to love, is to um, be gentle and not do it in a way where, you know, it's harsh and mean and dictatorial and all of this. So wish we could explore it more. And um, But good question. And look at that, uh, Dale, as um, you look at the, uh, the chapter as a whole. So, hey, God bless you. We had a great show today. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow at the same time. On Calvary Live. Have a good evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.